Welcome to another episode of Behind the Now. Today I chat with the multi-talented filmmaker and creative, Madeline French. Madeline is an Australian casting director, producer, director, actor, and voiceover artist. After being exposed to theater at a very young age, Madeline has had tremendous experience as an actor that spans over several different countries. She has produced music videos for top artists, including The Tones and I, Masked Wolf, and Bliss and Ego. Listen in to learn more about Madeline's beautiful journey, which exemplifies that following your artistic joy can truly lead to wonderful things. Hello, Madeline. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Nice. So um, I'm first going to ask you to walk me through your pathway of becoming a casting director, producer, director, a creative. You are very creative. You do a lot of different things in entertainment. So just where did this come from? Where did it start? Okay. Yeah, it's it's a crazy long story. Go for it. So get the popcorn. No. <laughs> um, so um, obviously um, I'm in Australia and I re- re- I grew up in a remote rural community. Well, it's not so that so much remote, but it was more of a tourist town. So I'm a bit of a country girl. Um, and at the age of five, my dad, who is actually my drama teacher, who is a oh. trained drama teacher, he was teaching at a school and he was like, doing the play version of Les Mis mm-hmm. and he said oh, I just need I need someone just to play the young Cosette just to sit on stage for you know 15 <laughs> like 10 minutes you know and he then put me on stage um, and that was so I blame him so that's where <laughs> I started it was really the age of five and then you know through through him and through like a local theatre company that he'd created a youth theatre company um, I was just always exposed to the performing arts, um, mm. you know, a lot of Shakespeare growing up, mm. um, which a lot of people, you know, don't have. But I was um, I was blessed to be able to kind of be absorbed in that mm. from like, you know, watching a, watching Twelfth Night at the age of, you know, five in, in the park, you know, yeah. um, which was just absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, so there was, so that's kind of where it all really mm. began. And from there, I was like, the love of it just kind of went boom. And like, you know, when you're a kid and everyone's like, oh, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I'm like, I want to be a marine biologist or I want to be a hairdresser. I was like, no, I want to be an actor. Yeah. And that's, it, it was all the way there. Um, and then when I finally moved to the city, so mm-hmm. where I grew up is about four or four hours drive away from Melbourne, where okay. I live now. And when I moved here and um, in my, I was about 16, 17, um, to oh, finish wow. off my schooling, um, I yeah I then went into doing a an arts degree at university so Mm. out of school I did a bachelor of arts um in performance um which was yeah so I was kind of always down that acting track and then Mm -hmm. um about six months after I finished up there I then studied I went to Spain and I studied it's very strange because I studied Le Coq which is French Mm -hmm. in Spain with like okay a teacher speaking Spanish and another teacher speaking in Catalan. And so it was kind of crazy. Um, And then I moved to England and Mm -hmm. then I studied um, some work of Michael Chekhov and I did at the Michael Chekhov studio in in London and did some plays and stuff there. Wow. Um, Yeah. So a lot of my background is really is acting. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where kind of where it all kind of came to the fore. And then I was, um, I came back to Australia and I was doing this stuff sporadically and, you know, back and forth, Stella Adler, Howard Fine, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff as well. Um, So I've done a lot of different sides, like different sides of things. Um, and through that, um, actually then I, yeah, I started doing some casting, independent freelance casting mm-hmm. for just friends who were like, oh, oh I, I need, I need some, I need some stuff. Can you help yeah. me out? But knowing that I was an actor. Yeah. And so I kind of fell into the casting side of things. Mm-hmm. And then I started working at a, I did some work in studio with a, a commercial casting um, company here. Mm. um so I kind of started doing some more of that stuff and then yeah yeah and then I was kind of moving about and then I was kind of doing that on the side of like with my acting as Mm -hmm. well as all the of the other work that I was doing um and I run an acting school for a while as well so there's so many different things (laughs) yeah so cool yeah 
and then it was about maybe four or five years ago um I kind of went oh you know what maybe maybe I need to give acting a break Mm. you know I I'd I'd stopped I'd stopped loving it Mm -hmm. I'd stopped the reason why I wanted to be um wanted to be an actor so Mm -hmm. I kind of went you know what I need to take a step back and for me I'm not somebody who really does things halfway I'm either like gonna do it or I'm not gonna do it so Mm -hmm. when I decided to kind of not do it I really just I, I you know I dropped my agent um, I just mm. I stopped everything that was related to to performing, and I just went. You know what? No, I'm going to just actually really take a step back here, yeah, and really see if this is what I still need to be doing. Right. And that's when I kind of I started working on the crewing side. So I started being an AD. Like I just straight off the bat, like a lot of people say, "How did you work up yeah, to be an AD?" And I'm like, I didn't. I just did it. Like yeah. someone just like, "Hey, I need an AD," and I was like, "Oh, good, sure." um yeah so that's kind of how I then fell into I went into crewing and then Mm -hmm. from that I worked in production and then became a producer um very quickly through that and now right yeah and then yeah now produce like lots of different music videos and uh television commercials um and then after about six or eight months of kind of doing that side of things Mm -hmm. that was a really good place for me because I was like I was starting to find like a really different avenue Mm-hmm. I thought, if, is this going to fulfill me creatively? Is this where I can just maybe just stick with this, stay in my lane and pursue just this? And then my, you know, eight months in and, and you know, you're an actor too, Jenna. So like, I just, my, my brain just went, nope. And I'm like, <laughs> so um, yeah. I've, I've come back into my acting, but for me now it's, it's, I do it for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing. And I think that's a really big thing that people need to, to realize is why they're in something because you this mm. is not an easy industry being an actor is is not easy like being a producer isn't easy but being an actor is really mm. not easy and I think you've really got to know you've really got to know why you're doing it mm. and if you lose the love of something for me life is just too short like if I don't have the love of something I'm like well if, if it's not feeding me anymore it's not it's not literally feeding me because mm. I'm not you know being able to get work in it or mm. something but if it's not feeding me creatively, if I'm not getting anything out of it in that aspect, mm-hmm. why would I put myself through that time and time again? Yeah. So for me, it was about taking that that giant step back and going, is this something that you still need to be doing? And then, you know, it was a really good eye-opening moment because I really just removed it completely. And then I was able to go, yes, but on my terms. Mm. So now I'm able to do it and I'm fulfilled in so many different ways, you know, as a casting um, director, as a director, as a as a producer, in all of these different aspects. That and being a producer has really opened my eyes into the acting mm. experience, or you know what it takes, like what a, what it takes for a production before even an actor's mm. even thought about. Right. And I think it's that that's been really great because what happened is is that it started to remove the pressure mm-hmm. from me when I would be doing you know any auditions or anything like now I do auditions and I completely like I've forgotten about them 10 minutes later so I'm like gotta get that thing going you know gotta get back to that client yeah you know so and you realize that it's really you know it's not a it's not a so much isn't about you Mm -hmm. and your ability it's just are you the right person at you know in in the right look and that you mm-hmm. did you hit that the certain way that the client was wanting and and the majority of the time we've we've got to remember that like especially in the, the commercial world is that you know it comes down to what the client what the client mm-hmm. wants and and the product that we're selling so right. yeah so that's a uh, roundabout way of my introduction. yeah no that's amazing it's so I love hearing that you like listened to yourself and took a step back And then you say after doing that, the producing jobs came like so easily, which is pretty crazy. And like the assistant director, right? That's pretty cool. And that makes sense. I think we always have to be listening to ourselves and also keeping that awareness of like, is this still what I want to be doing? Like right now, you know, you might Mm -hmm. come back to it, but exactly. It's very present. Did you find, um, because you have trained in, you said Spain, London, LA, Australia um what is are there like any glaring differences between training in each of these places or not really like yeah like 
because I, I I did some training at Stella Adler and that was out of LA. Mm. Um, so not not the New York studio, the LA studio. And um, that was from leaving university and doing a performance degree, which was all about performance making mm-hmm. and kind of the stage element. And that's where I'd done so much of my stuff, oh, like as a kid, yeah. Yeah. because like you're, I, I was in a, in a small town, the, abil- the availability of doing anything in the, in the TV or, or film world was just, it just didn't exist for me. Mm. It, I, I didn't know right. how to, like, uh. you know, I didn't know how to work on camera, even till the age of about, you know, after leaving um, university and then, you know, what the training that I did was all kind of st- like acting and stage elements mm. and all of this experience that I had, like up until the age of about 25 was all stage. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until I, I did some, some in-camera stuff that I started to go, hang on, you know, like this is, I, I really didn't, I didn't understand that there was a really big difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, so the glaring thing for me was like when I, um, you know, from doing this stuff in, in Spain, which was the Lecoq and it's all very, it's like the before and it's very like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's very larger than life and it's comedic okay. and it's clowning or, you know, it's, it's, ter- it's very, um, it's steeped in, in definitely the theatrical world. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the same with in London and doing Michael Chekhov and a lot of this stuff really informs my acting ability, but none of it really informed how to break down a script properly oh, or you know like yeah do you know do you know that kind of the changes as where changes happen so then when I went to like when I did some stuff at Stella Adler it wasn't so much the training but it was being in LA mm. it was being in the environment and my and my best friend was was living there at the time she's an she's she's an actress and um and you know she's all going off to commercial like auditions and and mm. all of this kind of stuff and she kind of really showed me a lot of the different way that the industry works like in LA as opposed to in in Mm. Australia like it's a lot more laid back I think here oh in Um, Australia so many ways yeah yeah I think it's I think it comes from I think it comes from the fact that we don't have like our industry is very small right I would think Um, it's much smaller just because everything's smaller I think than LA yeah 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 and it's and it's smaller and it's also got a lot less money okay um and that's a really big thing because unless you have you know the ability to make the work unless you've got the ability to um and and by ability you mean a lot of the time you need money to do Mm. that like people cost money right um and so they should right um as we've just seen with the IATSE and everything that's been going Mm on over in the states you know, you, you want to be paying people money. And a lot of the time here, people are trying to make work off, you know, the smell of an oily, oily rag, as they say, you know, like mm. it's, you know, and it's, and it's great that we've got, there's a lot, but, but, but what ends up happening is that you can be like driving and driving and driving and making these things and making these things and making these things. And people are getting to the point where it's like, well, it's, it's hard because there's, there's not a lot of, funding in it mm-hmm. and how much do I have to keep on keeping on in this without being able to have the money right. behind it so the big thing for me I think is that you know it's just the ability that money can give you risk and mm-hmm. people are more willing to take risk yeah. and over here there's less there's a less likelihood of taking that risk just because of the money situation and that's not mm-hmm. to say it doesn't exist of course it does exist and of course mm-hmm. there's people you know, going for change and everything, but it's just, it, it comes from like a, a governmental level where mm. there's just the funding isn't available. Um, but, you know, we make it work around it because as we say, we come back to it and you do it for the love of it. Mm. And if you get paid along the way, then yay. <laughs> you um, know? So clarify a bit when you say risk, like risks in terms of like the people you hire or like, just what do you mean by that exactly? So it's a combination of, yeah, the people we that we hire, but mm-hmm. also the, you know, so the side of things of, of funding and investment. So mm-hmm. because there is such a small amount of money to be given out to be able to fund oh, see, new, yeah. new television shows and stuff like that, the risk that people are going to take on maybe something that's a little bit different, right? something that's um, potentially 
you know, new mm-hmm. um, or, you know, and, and takes maybe that bit of a risk or has people in it who who nobody really knows. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think of something like um, of sex education in, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the UK, yeah. something that that was quite risky. It's quite groundbreaking in so many ways. And one of those ways is like, yes, Gillian Anderson is in it, um, but it's filled with a bunch of, of younger teens, like well, mm-hmm. they're kind of, you know, early 20s playing younger teens who have really got not a lot of creds behind them, you know, like yeah, I IMDb creds. So they've they've taken a risk and, and, you know, and it's beautiful that somebody like Gillian Anderson has gone, I love this and I'm going to step into it because I'd say that that gave them the that kind of... It, yeah, it gave them the leverage and it gave them the ability to go, okay, great. Now we can fill it with those with these people who mm-hmm. are really great. And That's they awesome. are great for those roles. Yeah, they are. I mean? That show's excellent. Yeah, yeah, I love that show. So I much. love I it. Like, oh. have, you watched, um, have you watched the third season, right? Yeah, have you watched the third season yet? I totally binged it in like a week. Oh, yeah. I have. <laughs> okay, so I still have like the last two episodes left, so I'll see. <laughs> but I, I love won't spoil it. anything. So good. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's a great example. I can see what you mean exactly. Uh, it's funny. I was looking up, um, like I was looking up more about that show. I think yesterday I was like looking into everyone, and it's like it's amazing. <laughs> They're all so good. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So walk and me through. Yeah, go for it. Oh no, I was just gonna say because that's the thing. Like you start to do um, a little bit, and it's really great that you do it as well. But you know, as, as a producer, more and more, I watch these shows and I'm, I'm investigating. I'm like, oh, where did that come from? Who did that, you know, who, who was aligned? Where, where did they get that funding from? Do these, are these actors, mm. people that we know, I've never seen them in anything. Are they in other things? And, and it make it forces you to kind of, to investigate and see how they potentially mm. made something work which is, I think it's, it's really great. You know, yeah. as you say, you were looking it up and you're like, oh my God, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's actually like exactly what I was going to ask you basically. Like what are the roles of a producer? Like when, what stage does a producer come in? I think much earlier than actors. And then, um, yeah, because you said that once you had an understanding of that, it kind of really lifted the pressure as an actor so I think that would be really interesting to learn and I know it depends on the project I know you've worked on Mm. music videos commercials um, feature films so yeah however you want to answer it like you want to go through each of them or for one of them no like if one of them explains it yeah um yeah yeah so like as you say it does vary project to project Mm. now a lot of the so for something like a music video or a television commercial, you've got a very quick turnaround. Mm. Um, usually, like something happens, you you'll you'll get the you know, and this is you'll get the job, and then you know all of this other stuff happens. Now the thing is, like, I, it's probably good if I work backward. Okay. So we hit set, and set is the day where everything kind of comes together, and that's like when we've potentially got an like the actors involved Mm -hmm. now before that so for instance at the moment I'm working on a feature film not as a producer as a casting director but Uh, you know I know producing side of things mm -hmm. and I said to them if I'm working I'm not gonna I'm not gonna produce as well because I can't Mm -hmm. I can't do it all (laughs) um but you know but that's potentially that's already been in the works for two years Mm -hmm. and you know Uh, and we're only just going to start filming in November okay you know so it's like you know and obviously COVID and all of that played mm. an effect because it but it also was really great because it meant that we could we had a bit more time to kind of have a bit more like we could we could finesse it mm-hmm. a bit more so like a lot of the side of things is you know even before a job can can get to can land basically and this is the way it works in Australia so I'm not going to speak for, yeah, for other perfect. industries or yeah. other countries and stuff um, but over here if we've got a, a job could go out to tender which means that a company, an agency, so like a marketing agency mm-hmm. or the client themselves could go, okay, we've got, you know, we need to get this, this and this filmed mm-hmm. and this is, you know, this is what we need done. And then as a producer, you get that and you go, okay, 
well, we think it's going to take this many, like, and you liaise with people, you're going, it's going to take this many days to film. They're looking like this many locations. So it's kind of like a script breakdown, mm-hmm. right? Where am I? What am I hitting? Where are my points? So it's like, all right, if, have they said how many locations that mm-hmm. they want? You know, how many crew is this going to take? What What are the shots that they're referencing? Stuff like that. Because sometimes mm-hmm. people can come back and they're like, oh yeah, it'd be really great. And they're, they're talking about like a crane shot coming in and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, but we've only got $8,000. And mm. you're like, <laughs> it's going to cost you $8,000 just to hire the crane. But do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of also like going, all right, well, if you want it like this, this mm-hmm. is how much it's going to cost. But if you've only got this amount of money, this is what we can do. Mm, okay. So kind of playing the game a little you bit. Give them so options, you've got to, in a way. Got right? to give, yeah, you give them options. Like okay. a lot of the time you can give them like a couple of tier different options and, and what they'll get. You've also got to take into consideration what the post-production time is going to be mm. as well. So, you know, knowing how long the edit's going to take. And that's going to that's going to build up with how many revisions that they want or how many outputs that they want. So let's mm-hmm. just say... Sorry, I've moved from the music video now onto the, the commercial side, but let's just say that they want a 60 second, a 30 second and a 15 second, you know, cut down from those. Mm-hmm. But then they also want like, you know, they might potentially want a six second, you know, pre-roll on YouTube or, you know, a six second Instagram. And the mm-hmm. problem is then you start to look at different ratios. So you're like, okay, well, that's going to take more days in post. That's mm-hmm. going to cost you more money, you know? So it's about breaking everything down and pulling it all down. And then you go, oh, do they have talent in the ad? Oh, they do. So having to figure <laughs> out how much and, and having to go back to them beforehand mm-hmm. with a lump sum figure of how much we think talent's going to be which mm. then throws a bit of a spanner in the works because then when we're, if we then, okay, we, let's just say we get the job. woohoo! We then need to budget that out fully and properly. Like we can kind of give estimates and stuff. And then we go, it potentially then goes to the casting process. Mm-hmm. And then you go, okay, but we've only got this amount of money to pay that person. Mm-hmm. So, but the thing is in Australia, and again, I think it's, I think it's similar there, mm-hmm. but an agent has a right to negotiate on that fee. But as a production company, we don't have any leeway to negotiate oh. on that fee because mm-hmm. that budget's already been signed off by right. the client. And it's very difficult to go back to a client and be like, hey, you know, they want more money. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you said it was going to cost us this much. And you're like, oh, that's tricky. So how do you, you know? actually estimate it before at all? Like, is it really, how do you do that? Like, is it a ballpark or do you do as much research as you can? <laughs> so a lot of the time, um, and when I would be working uh, in a production company um, and I'd be producing my own things and then people would be producing, they'd be like, Maddie, and I'd be like, yeah. And they're like, can you do us a talent estimate, please? Oh, and it came to me because... I was the one who was from that casting and talent side of things, you know, and, and this is, and also that's a, like, it's a real blind spot in the Australian industry here is that a lot of the time, um, and it's not for any fault of, of production companies. It is just a blind spot that we have a little bit. Um, and it was just lucky that I've come from the other side and that I knew like, okay, you know, and I, and I said to people, like, you start looking at how many times, like, how much are they going to be seen? How much is that going to put them out of work from a competitive product? Mm. How many lines are they doing? How many days on set? Mm. All of those kind of things. And then going, how much do I think that's worth? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. That still seems like you have to have a lot of intuition with it also. Which is, yeah, yeah, which is kind of crazy. You do. And and that was the thing because, you know, when when I'm trying to like other producers would be like, oh, can you tell me how you do it? And I'm like, it's hard to teach. Like, yeah, but yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, and, and a lot of the times um, what you kind of got, you start explaining to people is that they go, oh, but why does the actor cost me $10,000? for this commercial mm-hmm. but you know our the rate for the DOP is only you know $1,500 a day and you kind of go yeah but the actor isn't just doing one or two days of work that actor is potentially doing work for three years because that's how long the campaign All the right. contract can last mm-hmm. you know and they're also saying I'm aligning myself with let's just say it was like the company like a, a 
yeah like yeah. like like a beer product or an alcohol product and they go well you know they're potentially putting themselves out of work with a competitive brand not just for three years but probably for five years if they run the campaign for three years mm. because then the people are going to be like oh actually I remember that person right. from that ad so okay. therefore we yeah do you know what I mean mm. um and and a lot of the time it's like and that's why sometimes agents and stuff want to come back is because you're like, well, we've got to we've got to figure out and evaluate what's the cost benefit right. of us aligning ourselves. Of, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that's how like that they're the kind of just top line things that I start to think about, mm-hmm. and that's how I explain it to producers. I'm like, this is how you've got to think about it because. You can't think of it as a lump sum. And there's a reason, you know, it's the same with tax. Like they don't tax them a certain amount because it's a, such a high figure that you're getting, but that it does not reflective mm-hmm. of your income and all of that kind of stuff. So that's kind of, that's how I would potentially be like breaking that mm-hmm. down. We get all of that, you know, we get all, we, we get all of that kind of stuff sorted, you know, and then we start talking about script. And so then as a producer, you've got to be kind of above everything and just kind of know everything that's going on mm-hmm. so what's the conversation that DOP is potentially having because how much is gear higher now going to be what are the like do we need to organize the production does the production manager need to kind of then start locking in crew what are our shoot dates where's the location and then you've got to liaise with the client and be like these are our location options these are our wardrobe mm-hmm. options these are our talent options this is what the director's thinking and so you've kind of got to have your hands on, in every pie mm-hmm. and even though you might not be doing like what's considered the legwork, like putting together the locations mm. document or the wardrobe document. You need to know every single thing that everybody else is doing and then make it work within your budget. Mm. You know? Because you're like the and then you're like the organizer of all of it, like the magic hands on top. Yeah. And there's so many conversations that happen that a producer's having with people that other departments aren't privy to because they don't need to be. Mm. Um but sometimes what can happen is that a decision might need to be made by like, oh, hey, actually, we really love the location and it's, you know, 50 kilometres outside of the city. Mm-hmm. And we and then as a producer, and they're like, oh, we want to sign off on that. And you're like, no, 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 we can't. And they're like, oh, why not? And I'm like, because now we have to factor in travel time for everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. Now we lose how much in our day to that getting to that location because yeah. we have to allocate it within our day's shooting. You know, so there's just lots of things that sometimes other people don't think about that as mm-hmm. a producer, and I say to people, I'm a professional problem solver and that's pretty much it. And mm-hmm. you kind of, as you as a producer, you want to solve the problem or see the fire before it becomes a fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and then all of that, you go, I'm doing all that, but also I need to be like, something's going to go wrong and that's okay. And I'll fix it when it does because yeah. you, you try and see everything but allow to know that something can potentially go wrong but you've mm. done everything to mitigate all of those issues and then you're kind of good to go. And surrounding yourself with a great team, yeah. like surrounding yourself with people who you know are going to feedback and tell you and mm. this and that and they're kind of going to get back to you is a, is a really important thing as well. Does yeah. that kind of give yeah, you some kind of so, scope? Yeah, that's amazing. So then, so then from there um, into the casting process. So are you watching? Are you guys doing everything on tape right now, like self tapes? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Melbourne is still in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. So at the moment, I can only travel fifteen kilometers away from my home. Okay. Um. Yeah. But I also have a work permit, um, which means that if I have to travel, mm-hmm. I can. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I, at the moment I don't have to, but I might have to go and look at some locations and stuff like that. So I have a work permit to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so in terms of the casting side of things, everything is, yeah, it's on tape at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, How is that? So, like- look, I I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I jump in a lot of the time and, I, and, I, and, I, and I've been working with them and I'm going to be working with um, Joseph Feldman as well um so yeah, I kind of sit in was, mm-hmm. yeah I know I saw that you um yeah yeah I love him. Well. <laughs> yeah and um you know seeing how he works over zoom and everything like that is really is really right. great because I'm like yeah. I, I see that how people could potentially be putting things down or how 
you know, if I have to do a Zoom audition, what's going to be beneficial for feedback for an actor mm-hmm. and stuff in the moment? And being an acting coach myself, you know, it's yeah. like it, that really yeah. helps in the casting room because you're like, what can I do to kind of get that next yeah, point I'm out sure, instead of being I'm like, sure you're like excellent at all of that because you have been an actor you are an actor and so it's like you definitely would know how to talk to like actors coming in in a way that's Mm. like you would I just think yeah I'm sure you'd like you're amazing at that so you guys are doing (laughs) um like over zoom or are you just watching tapes that are sent in or both so at the moment it's tapes that are sent in okay um and then if and so the, the the feature film is is just tapes mm-hmm. um but it's also because I know the actors mm-hmm. so I can kind of a lot of the time between myself or the director for the the lead the, the main roles we we can vouch for that that actor mm-hmm. so we we put them down on tape so then we can see then also we can show them to the, the producers but he and I will potentially know most of those ones that are getting cast because it just it allows us to be not just to cast the people that we know or anything like that but know that we can we can get the ball rolling quickly and we can vouch for their their ability yeah. and their work yeah. and their work ethic as well because it's a feature like we're going to be on set for mm-hmm. three and a half weeks it's you know we don't have the money to, to be like no I don't work. <laughs> you know yeah it's like that right um and so for that one, it's it's just that, and, the, and a short film that I'm casting at the moment as well. The initial stage will just be be self tapes. Now, mm-hmm. because we're potentially going to be opening up, we're hoping to do callbacks in oh, in person, person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously we stagger them and and all of that kind of stuff. But um, we'll just we, we've just had to be it's a little bit malleable. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, because you're just. Yeah things can happen and you just need to know okay like yes. what is it that we're looking especially for especially now I feel like in this environment anything can change yeah. all the time when you say yeah. um when you say that you know those actors do you know them like you just happen to know them or do you say or do you mean you know them from just watching their tape or you don't mean that no I mean them as an I know them in the industry so okay so you've seen their work they, yeah you okay. all like have worked with them mm-hmm. um so um because the industry isn't, especially in Melbourne, it's not huge. So I've either seen their work, um, I've either seen their work on on television or in film, or I've worked with them, or we're colleagues, um, mm. you know, stuff like that. So um, it just means that we know that they're, yeah, it's, you know what I mean. Like you, right? Don't of course, you know them as a person. Like you know they're, yeah. Well, you know all that already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, I'm putting my my it's not just my opinion of their acting ability but it's also me going I'm vouching it's something that I say um uh, to people a fair bit is that like a producer uh, like an agent I'm vouching for this person to be the person that's going to work well Mm -hmm. so if that actor then doesn't do the right thing on set Mm -hmm. me as the casting person is going to cop heat right and the agent's going to cop heat and I'm going to then make the agent cop heat because I don't want to cop heat. But mm. if I'm vouching for them too, it's fair that I am going to get that back. Right. So I think that's, that's why I'm like, I, I'm not going to be putting anybody, I'm not going to be saying I'm confident mm. of putting that person forward if I'm not confident of putting that person yeah. forward. And the same with, and same with the director. He's the same. He's just like, I know that I can get them that, to that place that I want to. And I'm like, look, if you know that, I'm. I think they're really great from their tape, and so he and I have quite a like quite a, a big conversation about it as well, because it's going to be a lot reliant on him getting people to the place that he needs them to on the day. Yeah. Okay. And if he says to me, "I'm confident," then I'm like, "Well, I think their tape is is good, and I can see it too. I have faith in you, and he has faith in me, mm. and we're good." And so it's a really it's a really important um, relationship that he and I have as well. Mm. yeah yeah that makes sense and how does um casting for a music video differ like what is I'm trying to think if I've auditioned for music videos like what is the process like uh I don't generally get people to audition oh okay Um, Okay. (laughs) so usually for a music video um the team 
uh, that we have, like the team that I've got around me mm-hmm. um, that I, when I've been, when I've been casting the music videos um, is uh, actually, there was one music video that we did cast for, but that was because we needed, they had to look like the younger versions of the band. Uh-huh. So, and then it, they, they were kids. So it was mm-hmm. like, okay. Yeah, I think I watched that one, maybe. Um, <laughs> maybe, yeah. What's the artist yeah. again? If it was Bliss and Esso. Yes, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, it was very yeah. good. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah so, um, and, you know, one of those one of those actors um, I, I did kind of know because I've, I've spoken to his mom and I, I mm. know his acting coach as mm-hmm. well. So it's just kind of like I, I know see, that yeah. he's reputable and I've spoken to his mom and, and all of this kind of stuff. So I'm like, I know that they're going to be good. And then it turned out that the person who was um, producing that one, she'd also, because she's like, there's we, we all do so many different things mm-hmm. with that kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's an actor, but she's also a music, a, a makeup, mm-hmm. a hair and makeup artist. Oh, I love and she worked as a hair and makeup artist on something with him. So she's like, oh, I'm confident that, you know, he's going to be able to do it. And I'm like, great, you know, stuff like that. Um, so that's the only one that I've actually really put the call out for. The, okay. the other ones like, um, so for Razor's Edge, uh, which was a music video that we did for Mars Wolf, um, <laughs> me and and I had somebody helping me who was, who produced the, the Bliss and Essa one, she helped me cast this one because oh. it had to be done really quickly. Okay. So between us and and everyone kind of just was like, we had to get it done within five days. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's yeah. Like so, super collaborative really fast. Yeah. So yeah. everyone was just like, you know, we need we want certain types of looks and this and that and so we just kind of went bang 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 mm-hmm. and you know between us we were able to to make that happen and um and at one point I was just like like oh can we get somebody to be the, the person behind the bar and I'm like I'll do it because we've got you know we had certain things behind the bar that other people weren't supposed to be there for so uh, I'm like I'll stand there because I'm the producer mm-hmm. and no one is allowed to come near me and <laughs> yeah yeah let's just have that in the background and if it gets caught it gets caught and if it doesn't it doesn't um but yeah so for something like that we don't really go out because we know people and then what ends up happening is you go well we did this like you know um like for for tones and eyes won't sleep yes I love her I saw that I watched it I saw you produced it I was like that is so cool yeah, so I um I yeah, so that was a, a yeah production job with again the same the same team that I've been working with wow. um, on a few of them, and um and there was like the main producer and then there was me and another producer, but we were also um the ads and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. That was quite an epic epic shoot. Um, but so you know like from doing like you know and we've done we've we did fly away and um you know so with tones we've done quite a few and and the Mm -hmm. team had done dance monkey before I'd gotten on board and Mm. um you know and then all of the ones that we've now done with um with mass wolf and we did some within Queensland as well so we've actually now just got like a really good like bunch of like a solid team that you work consistently yeah and then what can end up happening is that you know, we fill a lot of things with extras or or actors that we go, hey, you know, we've got, we know them now. Mm-hmm. And the more people we get along, the more people we know. So it just means that we don't have to go through that process. We just like can contact yeah. them directly and go, hey, can do you want to jump in mm-hmm. on this one? And they'll be like, yeah, or yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's because they are like, they're a lot, they're usually a lot quicker. They're a lot less featured. I mean, the, the, the Razor's Edge one with Mars Wolf was a little bit more featured because it was like featured heavy. But then we did have a lot of extras in the background, but we did have those featured um, faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, and, but you're not going to have to, you, you, it, it's very different because you're looking at look mm-hmm. a lot more than you are at, you know, um, acting ability, I suppose. Right. Cause it's so like, yeah, because sometimes you see them, um, you see them for like a second, or like, is that what you mean, like for music videos and maybe some commercials? 
Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is like if within, you know, and I'll use I'll use Race's Edge for an example, is that there was certain people that we needed to make sure that they looked like they knew what they were doing. Like um, the, 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 the guy who was in charge, you know, the mm. gruff kind of guy or the, the woman who was like shooting the gun. You know, we needed to know that they were going to be able to mm-hmm. take the direction that we needed and were able to do that. So they needed to have some kind of acting experience. Mm. So those ones we were like, yeah, we need them to have acting experience. Other ones we were like, you know, we could just call upon friends and be like, hey, do you want to jump in? Because, and they're like, yep, yeah, I'm not <laughs> I'm being free. able to do anything. <laughs> So free. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's a lot of fun because they get to do something different. Yeah. And, you know, and stuff like that. So um, there's definitely ones that you've got to target mm-hmm. and make sure that they know how to take direction and they know what yeah. they're doing and that they're going to be able to do it right. And then you've got other ones who it's just like, well, they're just going to be kind of seen sitting there in a, and with this, they're just got to look cool. And we know that that person can do that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So. Yeah, that's the kind of difference between it. And then obviously a commercial, it depends how much they're seeing. If mm-hmm. there's dialogue, you know, what yeah. sometimes if there isn't dialogue, what's the kind of action? Like, is mm-hmm. somebody going to look believable if they're going to be, you know, just chainsawing something? Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't want somebody yeah. who doesn't know how to put a chainsaw kind of thing. So it's it's like different, different genres or different um, uh What's like different um I know what you're saying <laughs> like if it's like <laughs> you're saying like a feature tv um different yeah. forms, formats yeah yeah different formats yeah um, you're going to be exactly exactly mm-hmm. so that's and that's why I think it's really important for people to understand that it isn't always courses for courses yes yeah and you know like if you know how to do good commercials that doesn't it could translate that you can do good narrative, mm-hmm. but it doesn't always like yeah. it doesn't always mean that you can do do good narrative mm-hmm. because it is a different way of working. And same with like a lot of stage stuff is that I all of my experience if we hark back to what we were talking about earlier, all of my experience was on stage, mm-hmm. and I was really good on stage. And then I started doing some stuff in camera. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that my acting wasn't good, but like my, the teacher was like, Maddie, you, you do this a lot. Oh, and it's like, you can't things. do that on yeah. TV. Like, he's just like, and he just pointed that out. And I was like, and it was just, and then I watched my tape back. I'm like, oh my God, I really am. So, right. <laughs> then like when you become aware of them and you just let it go, then it's like that passes and you forget about it. Um, well, that is interesting. He, yeah. Yeah. on stage you don't catch those like tiny things often like no one would notice that maybe you know well no and also like you know one night you might be doing it and the next night you might not right and then yeah. right that's it yeah, other exactly. people you know other people looking at you in that moment is your back slightly maybe slightly turned <laughs> yeah. you know like yeah and they're going to be able to look away whereas if you're in camera and this is like the yeah, it's like, uh-huh. all the time. It's like, we can't use that take yeah any of those you know yeah. so and it, and that was the thing like he, he he shone a light on it and I watched it because I was like am I and I watched it and then the next week he's like hey and I was like yeah he's like you haven't done it and I'm like what yeah, he's like you haven't done it one it was like that was all it was he's like that's all it is guys it's like I'm not don't like out freak. about yeah 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 don't freak out about it you now know <laughs> yeah. and yeah she was a, and you're able to let it go mm. so uh yeah and it's stuff that I even come back to to now like when I'm watching like if I'm putting down a tape myself trying to make sure that I'm watching back my work and then going oh yeah no like I was doing this and that made my chin look really weird or the light wasn't hitting right mm-hmm. and I've got to adjust it or yeah oh that's right now my bench is in shot because I'm in a self-tape and I'm in the kitchen <laughs> you know so yeah <laughs> like, well somebody has the cat like somebody can have a cat wandering or something like that yeah but yeah I think I even now start to I, I remember those little things like oh yeah I've got a yeah you know, my head looks better that way or or whatever that mm. might be and using using that to your advantage as opposed to being like, oh, that'll do and I'll just send it in and it's mm. just like whatever, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that's so interesting. You really um, learn and gain so much from like everything, like every single class, every single um, like producing, casting, directing, casting, directing, yeah, <laughs> um, all of it, you know? And I think they all inform and help each other. So it's so, I, like, mm. I love that. I love that you just mm. like branched out and it's so cool. I think it's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a few little fun, random questions, okay? <laughs> yeah, loving um, it. Okay, so what's your horoscope sign and does that mean anything to you? <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so funny. If I have um if I have any of my friends listening to this, they're going to just burst out laughing because they know that when somebody says something like horoscopes, I'm like oh. I roll my eyes. Um yeah. and I have one of my very close friends, she's like I'm determined to break you and I'm going to make you listen to this stuff. She's so funny. Um, but I, I'm a Scorpio. Okay. Um, uh, whenever people find that out, they go, oh, yeah, who, who are into it? They're, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> what? I get really aggressive and they're like, oh, no. And then your response to that then makes even more sense. I'm like, hang on. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so funny. Um, I have a friend like yes. this too. They know, they, I don't think like that. Like, I just don't know them enough, but. Yeah, yeah, like, no, oh, that person's definitely this, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and it's funny because I sometimes read stuff and I'm like, oh, yeah, but, you know, you could probably relate that to anything. But yeah, also, for sure. I, I think so. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, and I'm like, whatever. But like it's also for me, it's like, it's like, okay, maybe people, it's not so much believing that that's what it is, but if it's a positive, like, affirmation, so to speak, maybe that's just all you need to make to, to make you to make you feel a little bit more understood in yourself mm-hmm. you know that's how I kind of I, I try it and, and address that yeah. stuff so I'm like yeah I think it's a bit of a load of bull but you know <laughs> if it works for you it works for right, you, right yeah okay um do you use emojis you know emojis and if so what's your most used emoji yes I do okay. um probably my most used emoji is um the one that looks like they're crazy they're <laughs> and like the eyes are going weird yeah because the majority of the time I'll have sent a text message and then I'll be like that didn't make any sense <laughs> so then I send the emoji and then I have to send the right text message so that's, that's probably funny. like think that one or the um or the the laughing one mm. um a lot of the time is the one I'm, I'm sending because um I just try not to take myself. I'm, I'm trying not to take myself too seriously. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I love that. Um, and what and how do you be the now? So that's so this podcast is called Behind the Now. And it's like yeah. highlighted be the now. Yeah. So it's just however you want to interpret that. Like if you do anything consciously to be present or if you don't do anything on purpose, but like you can just like think when I'm with my thought, like however you want to answer it. Um, yeah, but if anything. Yeah. Um, there's a few things that I do. Um, one of those things is that I journal every morning, Mm. um, just to get the crap out basically (laughs) for lack of a better word. And, um, whether that's, you know, it it makes any sense or if it's just random automatic writing, Mm. um, I do that. And, and occasionally I'll miss a day and I'll be like, and I'll feel less present through oh. the day. And part of it for me is there was a voice teacher years ago that used to say, when you're working, like he'd be like, and breathe, mm. take your time, breathe mm. and take your time. And I'm somebody who like, I like to get stuff done. I mean, you can probably tell from all of the different things that I've done in my life that I'm just like mm. I want to do that and I want to do that and I want to learn it and why not here so I'm kind of like I'm constantly you know running from one thing to the next mm. but allowing myself to take the time and to to take a moment and, and I do yoga and stuff like that as well mm. and I think that that helps because exercise like I and before COVID and stuff like that um you know, I, and when I was younger, not so much now, um, but I used to play sport. Um, mm. And that was something that was really good because it was something that was outside of 
the industry. It was something that if you're not present, you're going to get a ball in the face. Right. So you need to be like, and I think that's a really good thing about something like a team sport, like a, you know, I played um, Aussie rules football and I played netball and Mm. um, I played cricket and something like cricket. I don't, you guys probably don't really know what it is, but (laughs) it's very like, and I would play all day. Mm -hmm. Like we would, we would get there at 12, 1230 and we would finish at 536 o'clock, you know, Mm. so we would be there all day. And that was something, again, it was outside of, Mm -hmm. outside of the stuff that I was doing it was physical exercise but I had to be present you're right you can't be like yeah you can't be in your head and I just find that one of the other the really great things is like to be in the now is is saying yes Hmm. is saying yes to things even if it's like yes to I need to take a break Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I yes it's okay that I want to sit here and just watch two days straight of sex education you know (laughs) and and giving myself a break that way and not being hard on myself for Mm -hmm. for needing to to know what I need in that moment and I think that makes your art better as well because yeah you know I've recently been before COVID hit I was doing Meisner and working and the thing is moment to moment to moment Hmm. to moment and I think something like performing if you're you're not in the moment and you're not responding and listening and working moment to moment you're less compelling to watch mm-hmm. yeah so as anything yeah and so the second anything's like anticipated or there's like some impulse you didn't go with and it's like mm. it's you know like oh I should <laughs> yeah definitely yeah and you see it don't you like when you're watching yeah. people you go oh they missed that moment Mm. or I saw that they and they mm, Mm -hmm. you know and you learn you learn to see it yeah yeah so I I do (laughs) yeah I love that thank you so much I love that answer and this whole thing I've like I've learned so much and I love talking to you so thank you so much no thank you Jenna it's lovely 